Hey everybody, what's going on? This is episode number 97, and the season is here, so we're excited about that. We're excited to get rolling. We got some good weather coming in this weekend, so we're excited about that. But before that, we got Ethan Stubbs from Bowhunting Whitetails on the podcast this week, and we're really excited about that too. If you guys don't know, he works with Bill Winky, formerly of Midwest Whitetail, uh, the guy who started that. He's now doing his own thing with uh, Hoyt on Bowhunting Whitetails, and Ethan is... Basically, his main cameraman, and he's doing some hunting on that show as well. They got some cool stuff coming up this year. Uh, Ethan was a an intern with Midwest Whitetail as well. So we're going to get into a, a great conversation with him. We talked about a lot of different things, covered a lot of topics. It was a ton of fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. But before we get into that, don't forget about our partners for the podcast, one being Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, he's the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in Southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Now, Midwest Farm and Land isn't your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone with agents like Rodney all over Illinois. They're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them or any properties that may be available, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. There's actually a really nice property listed right now. I think it's around 50 acres in kind of the Barry Township area. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure you get a hold of Rodney. Anybody local or out-of-state guys looking for something in Southern Illinois, I know it's a really, really good piece of property. He can get you all the information on that that you need. He's also got his own company called RG Outdoors. He's got products from Radix Hunting. He's got an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust. Um, he's also got Tacticam trail cameras now as well. So if you guys are interested in any of that stuff, you can send them a message through their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. You can email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. Our other partner for the podcast is Grandpa Ray Outdoors. As you guys know, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard us talk about them. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for whitetail deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seeds and plant foods with over 14 different blends to choose from. You're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether that be fall or spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it. When it comes to food plots, they've got it. They're not just about selling their products, though. They're going to answer any questions you have about what would best be suited for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. Like us, John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition, so they're going to treat you and your situation individually. They're not about a fancy label or package either. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients, and I can attest to that personally. We've used their seed blends on client properties all over the Midwest. We've used them on our own properties, and the results have always been as good as advertised. We've always been happy with what we've got out of them. It's good, clean seed with great germination rates, and it's at a good price too. So, And, and like I said, the customer service is second to none. So that's why we actually partnered with them in the first place and that's why we're going to continue to do that here on the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast if you guys are interested in seeing what they have to offer or learning more about that it's grandpaoutdoors.com. if you do decide to buy something use the discount code RHO podcast that's all lowercase no space and you'll get 5% off your entire order we're also a dealer for them as well so if you see something you want and you don't want to pay shipping on it you can come into uh, the shop or send us a message on our website or something or through our Facebook page and we'll get you taken care of there our Facebook page is Ridge Hunter Outdoors. So is our Instagram page. Those are our two socials that we use the most. We also have a Facebook group, um, RHO Podcast Patrons, where you guys can have some input on the show. You get some exclusive content. We're going to do some giveaways in there as the season goes along. RidgeHunterOutdoors.com is our website. If you see anything on there that you like, we're going to have some scents coming up soon. We're finally to that time. So our all-natural scents will be available in the store online. Any of that, any of the apparel, if you're looking for our food plot seed, anything you find that you like, you can use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, no space. And that'll get you 10% off of anything on our website. The podcast is also found on our website. So if you're listening on any other platform, you can always find everything there as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you guys listen in there, make sure you follow us. Leave us a review. That really helps us out. Same thing with YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. we got the show coming out. Next week will be the first episode. Um, I will come up with a date. I'll post that when the first one's going to be out. We're really, really excited about getting that rolling. So without further ado, though, let's get into this conversation with Ethan Stubbs from Bowhunting Whitetails. This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. (laughs) 
All right, we got Ethan Stubbs from Bowhunting Whitetails here with us tonight. Ethan, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Doing well. Um, I actually should have mentioned earlier, Nate was going to be here tonight, and he was all locked in. He's like, yeah, I can make that work. And then he texted me today, and he goes, I don't know, he probably won't be too proud of me saying this while we're recording, but he said, uh, I don't know what I was telling you. I could make it Wednesday. It's my wife's 30th birthday, and she'll probably kill me if I don't come straight home. So he's not here with us tonight. Uh, oh, no big deal, yeah. But it's it's probably a good thing because had he came tonight, we may never saw him again. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Hey, some things are more important than, That's than right. talking whatever, I guess, so no uh, big deal. That's right. So what I like to do with the first-time guests is I like to go all the way back to wherever you got started in, in hunting or the outdoors or whatever. Like we've had guys that, you know, started grouse hunting or whatever or on rabbits or squirrels and like who got you into hunting in the first place? Was it your dad, your grandpa, a friend, an uncle? How'd you get into it? What'd you start hunting? Um, kind of when you were introduced to it. Yeah. So there's no doubt I started hunting at the earliest age possible with my dad. You know, I was pretty much a shadow from, uh, I think like age two until even to today. <laughs> right. You know, we really started, um, my dad's a houndsman. So we started hunting coons. Um, and okay. I remember, you know, Back then, opening day of coon season was like November, first week of November, mm-hmm. and I wasn't cranking up about whitetails at that point. You know, I was just excited to go get my new skin and knife and, oh, yeah. you know, a new pair of gloves and then go out and coon hunt, you know, for the first time of the year and skin coon hides. And, yep. you know, that's that's kind of where my uh, passion for hunting began is, you know, leading dogs to the woods, or I guess they were leading me, you know, they were <laughs> yeah. bigger than I was. Right. Um, and he's been, you know, definitely the most influential factor, you know, than anyone in, in my outdoor you know, passion is what it is. You know, it's more of a lifestyle now, but it for sure you know, it started with a passion and, and he is, I owe him for that. And, you know, it's, I'll be forever grateful for that, for, you know, raising me up that way. And he raised me and my brother the same way to enjoy the outdoors. And, you know, when I was eight years old, I was able to go out and hunt for the first time. And I shot my first doe uh, at eight years old with a muzzleloader, like 15 yards. And, you know, I, I can remember those days, like it was yesterday. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's cool. And to get started on coon hunting too, running dogs is pretty cool because there's, I feel like even probably 20 years ago, uh, if that, it was, there were quite a bit of guys still doing it, but anymore, there just doesn't seem like there's many guys running dogs, at least down here where we're at. It used to be really popular running dogs for uh, raccoon hunting or coyote hunting, either one, and it's just, uh, I don't know, It's it's kind of been lost, I guess, over the years. Yeah, I think, I think big thing that has to do with that is just you know fur prices and stuff yeah. like that obviously down mm-hmm. um a lot of guys you know they can't afford to you know feed their dogs anymore coon prices aren't worth nothing so right right you no know, it's just a liability to have them around but you know we we never did it for you know the money or anything we just did it because you know that was his passion and my passion when i was little and yeah you know it was just so fun and he continues to do it you know we have more coon dogs than i can count and, <laughs> you know he's, he's still running all over the country chasing coons and you know, making good friends and doing stuff like that. So it's definitely still a big part of our lives and especially his life. And, you know, I'm still pretty involved with it. Yeah. That's, that's good too for like, if you're into turkey hunting, I don't know how big you are into turkey hunting, but where we're at, we have so much nest predation with the coons and stuff like that, that if, if you have a property or a section of properties, that's got somebody running dogs or trapping on it, you can definitely tell the difference uh, in the hatch the next, the next spring or the next summer, I should say. And Iowa just opened up their season too. So, you know, raccoon season now is all year round. It's just like the coyote season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tell him, I mean, take as many as you can. And he, you know, he does, he does, but he still leaves some, you know, to go out and chase, mm-hmm. you know, next year. Cause that's what he likes to do. And so he likes to keep a few around. Just, oh yeah. But I, I would say there's no, uh, no shortage of population there for coons. Yeah, no doubt. So not to get too far off track here, you said you shot your first year with a muzzleloader? That's correct. Yeah. I I was eight years old. I just, it just came up on my like Facebook memories. Um, just last week I was eight years old and I remember begging him to go and I was like just a little kid and couldn't sit still. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we sat two rows deep in the cornfield and like one of the biggest year I've ever seen stepped out, you know, the first haunt of my life, he stepped out (laughs) of like 65 yards, of course. Uh And I just wasn't composed and it happened too quick. And, couldn't get a shot off on him and i was you know super bummed i can still remember the feeling oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know I, after that i was i was in kill mode i was ready to rock because you know that doe came out and she was 15 <laughs> yards away and i had you know blood on my mind yeah yeah she came out at the wrong time 
<laughs> that's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I still remember. Uh, I used to like you be kind of a shadow to my old man when he would go hunting and. There was a time on a property that I'm actually still hunting. Uh, it had to be 20 years ago now. I was too young to even even shoot at a deer, but we were on in a little ground blind. Actually, it was one of those half blinds that they had. And I remember him telling me there was a buck coming and just to not move. And I don't even, I didn't even see the deer. I just like tucked my head between my knees and covered up with my hands <laughs> and, and didn't move or make a sound. And he shot and he ended up missing the buck. But uh, like to this day, I still remember that feeling of like, man, I should have at least looked up at him and, and saw the deer. Cause he was like, you didn't see him. I was like, no, you told me not to move. So I was, I was hiding out, but no, I was the same way. just like so intense, you know, in the moment, yeah. just like, don't move, you know, and you're like trying to take it so serious when, you know, if you knew then what you know now, you mm-hmm. know, you could probably peek at him and, and check him out, you know, and probably, you know, do whatever you want. He's yeah. not going to see it, but right. you know, in the moment it just feels like you're doing the right thing. And yeah, I've, I've been there before too. And it's crazy how that sticks with you after even 20 years gone by, you know, that feeling you can, you still remember what it felt like. Yeah. I mean, I can tell stories until I'm blue in the face of, you know, youth hunting or early muzzleloader hunting with my dad, you know, from age eight to age 17, basically, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> it's, those were definitely without a doubt, my favorite memories from hunting, you know, oh, yeah. I tell everyone I know, like youth season in Iowa, you know, there's just nothing better. It brings back so many, you know, good memories and I, whether it's turkey hunting or, or deer hunting. And that's why, you know, I try to take a, a new kid out turkey hunting or something every spring, you know, I yeah. just maybe give them back some of the, you know, those memories that I had growing up because like I said, those are just my absolute favorite memories and, and definitely will be forever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So when did you kind of move into bow hunting and what was your first deer with a bow yeah so i would say i was probably in third grade when i got my first bow it was just a bear one from cabela's mm-hmm. and i got it for my birthday i can still remember going to cabela's setting it up for the first time you know learning to shoot by shooting into a hay bale in my back you know backyard and yep. um so that's where i kind of got started and it wasn't until a few years later that i ended up shooting my first deer I can, you know, still remember it. My dad walked me into the stand that morning because he had shot a buck the night before and was, you know, letting him less, letting him rest overnight more mm-hmm. than anything, you know, just on a marginal hit. And he walked me into the stand and it was like, you know, an hour later and I, you know, I shot, you know, just the smallest six pointer a guy could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And just made an absolute terrible shot on it. You know, I was just <laughs> was so in the moment, you know, deer is only 15 yards away, but you know, I was shaking like a leaf oh, yeah. on a tree, and yeah, you know, and it's you know, I've definitely seen bigger deer than that at, at that point. But you know, the adrenaline of bow hunting, you know, is something other. You know, gun hunting, I've I've never, you know, I can't imitate it. Gun hunting, yeah, right. So it was cool just to you know have the deer that close, and <clears throat> that was a like a November, I want to say November sixth. Mm-hmm. So the deer were rutting hard, and it was also my first experience with that. So that, that's where I got hooked for bow hunting. For oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. I, the first deer I shot with my bow was a button buck and I think I missed him two times before I ended up shooting him. He was just <laughs> one of those, he was so dumb that he didn't leave cause he was a button buck, you know, but I was, I was just as happy to shoot that one as I was my, the biggest buck I've shot, you know? Yeah. No, it's just so cool. It's, it's weird you know, how you progress through your hunting and like, you know, how your perspective changes. I, mm-hmm. you know, I know I can think of the first time I ever walked in the woods, you know, I couldn't even walk to the stand by myself because I don't know if I was scared of the dark or couldn't find the tree stand or both, <laughs> yep, yep. you know, and I was just ready, you know, it's brown, it's down, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's like really targeting bucks, five and a half years or older, you know, just mature deer. It's like hunting a different animal, yep. but you know, I got the same enjoyment out of, you know, every step of the way, whether, you know, shooting a 90 inch six pointer, you know, to shooting, you know, 175 inch, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, it's just it's so cool to see the progression and it's, it was definitely fun. Yeah. And I think it's cool to see that in even like, we're both fairly young and, but we got started really young hunting deer. So we've kind of made that progression, um, over the same amount of time as anybody would, but maybe we got a a start a little earlier than say, you know, some people who may have got started hunting after high school or even in high school or, or maybe even out of college or something, um, and are still in that progression. But I think that's where it's important for us, like as hunters and people on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, 
you see so much negativity on social media about what guys are shooting. But like, if we could just be happy for people wherever they're at in their stage, and it may be they may be hunting for twenty five years and they're still just as excited about killing that six point. Uh, that's mm-hmm. to me, that's the cool thing about hunting is you can do it the way you want, and you can go out there and have fun uh, doing whatever you're doing. And I think we should probably be like, in my opinion, we should be a little more supportive uh, of other hunters as long as you know everything's legal and up to snuff and whatever. But I, the negativity and all that. It's it's tough to see, especially when, like, you're talking about, you go through that progression, and and just because, like, a lot of people, you know, did start young like us, it doesn't mean someone who's 35 has had the opportunity to shoot anything yet. So maybe they're shooting that little four-corn buck, and they're really excited about it, and then they go post it on social media, and they get run down. That's it, kind of... Uh, yeah, that, it's, that tough. it's tough to see, you know, and, and I like to be like, you know, I like to look at the positive side of things. I think we have gotten better as a community as a whole, you know, the mm-hmm. hunting community mm-hmm. of, of, you know, it's their tag, you know, who, what, what's it matter to you, what they kill, you right. know, it's like, it's a wild animal at the end of the day. And, you know, you can get mad and upset and, and you know, it's just, that's not how I want to live. And that's not how really anyone should live. If, right. if you're upset about, you know, a deer getting killed, it's like, you don't own the deer, you know, you're just out there hunting. And, you know, if, if you get upset by, you know, someone else, shooting whatever makes them happy it's probably time to take a long hard look in the mirror <laughs> yep you know it's just like you know why do you hunt is it you know to sh- it, it doesn't matter you know what anyone else is doing you need to have you know your own personal reasons and mm-hmm. personal enjoyment to of hunting and you know that's kind of what i've had you know i just i love to be in the stand i love to you know nothing better than a crisp you know november morning oh yeah like, you know i think that's what you know i live for i live for those days so you know, even if I never shoot a buck again, but I can, you know, sit in the stand in November, you know, and just soak it all in, I'll be happy and see, the, you know, sun come up over the, mm-hmm. you know, hardwood ridge. There's just nothing better. Yep. I'm the same way. Like, and, and even now, you know, the last few years, several years, I would say like hot days in the early season, I don't even like necessarily going, even if, unless it was a 200 inch deer, if I have, even if I've got a mature buck, that's a nice buck that I would shoot on a daylight pattern, if it's 85 degrees outside, I'm probably not going to go hunt him, you know, like, yeah. like there's days I might, but uh, like you, I enjoy just as much, uh, the being out there on that crisp November, late October morning and the whole experience as much as I do the actual shot and killing the deer. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? it's every property is so different. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I'm not going to go hunt a buck in early October. just the farms that I hunt are, you know, permission pieces. And the last thing I want to do is put too much pressure on those deer yeah, and no doubt, you know, really, you know, make them go nocturnal or leave the property or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that are killing these deer early October, you know, first cold front, you know, those cold October winds mm-hmm. um, come in, you know, and, and really get those deer on the feet, especially if it's a green plot. Um, yeah. you know, and the new, you know, trail cam technology and stuff and all that, you know, there's, there's a lot of big deer that get killed that early October. It's just, you know, at this point in my hunting career, I don't, you know, have a farm that I own. Um, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I'm not going to do that yet, but hopefully someday. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same, same boat as you on that. And yeah, those early October cold fronts can be killer for, for big buck movement. And uh, like, we get two tags in Illinois, so like if we get one of those and I have a buck, you know, I'll, I'm gonna go out on on certain farms, kind of like what you're talking. I have uh, places that I don't necessarily want to go in too early because I know they get better as the season goes on. But y'all go take advantage of one of those, and then if I do kill something, I ha- I always have that other tag in my back pocket, which is nice. Now in Iowa, and we're kind of <laughs> we're getting off on a little tangent here, but that's all right. We'll come back. Um, in Iowa, you get is it one tag and then unless you're a landowner, there's, there's different situations where you can get more than one tag, correct? Yeah. So I think the best way to say it is Iowa's, you know, a two buck state, right? You can buy a, we can buy one bow tag and you can buy one gun tag, or you can buy an archery tag for the late split. Okay. But if you are a landowner, a resident landowner, you can buy a landowner tag, you know, you can buy a, say a landowner archery tag, Mm -hmm. you know, and use it for archery season, you know? So, there, there is a way to shoot three bucks, and then obviously you can party hunt during the Iowa gun season. Yeah, but, and that's wild to me. The whole concept of party hunting is pretty crazy. Yeah, I actually did it for the first time. You know, I was kind of in the same boat. I'm just like, you know, I don't know what to think of all this stuff, you know. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I kind of just you know, did a check in the mirror, and I was like, you know, these people like to hunt just like I do. Oh, yeah. You know, so 
I just want to just go and experience it, yep. you know, and see the, just a different type of, you know, I just kind of wanted to open my mind to it mm-hmm. more than anything because, you know, I was shut off to it, honestly. And, you know, I went, um, and you know, it was fun. It was just oh, it was yeah. a laid back hunting camp feel, you know, your, your buddies are, you know, come together and, and, you know, I don't know. It was to each their own. Like we were just saying, yeah. and yep. Yep. you know, if that's what makes people happy is going out with their buddies and, you know, shooting a shotgun and killing deer for one or two weekends a year, you know, so be it. I, you know, it was fun. I don't, it's still not for me. I'm probably, you know, I would prefer bow hunting, you know, every day of the week over it, but <laughs> right. it was good to just try it once and experience it and, you know, see what all the hype is about. But yeah. Cause for the longest time I was like, man, what is this party hunt deal? What, you know, it's, I didn't <laughs> yep. understand it. Yep. It just seemed crazy. He's like, how many bucks can you shoot? You know? And, <laughs> right. But, yeah. And I'm not I, knocking anybody that's doing it. It's just like the, the, the fact that you can do that is oh absolutely yeah, yeah i mean it's it's wild no i i was the same i'm i still kind of am it's just like it was like you don't have a buck tag but you can kill a buck <laughs> right like, right yeah and you're like well, make this make sense you know but <laughs> i guess you know i would say the hopefully the biologists in the state of iowa are hopefully smarter than me and oh yeah figure it out <laughs> well smarter than me i don't know about you but i'm sure they're smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's a rhyme or reason or you know whatever it might be but right you know, it was cool to experience that type of hunting and you know, I just wanted to try it once and, you know, I don't know if I'll do it again or not, but right. it was, you know, cool to just try it and, you know, be open-minded at least to it. And, oh, yeah. you know, I guess it really, you know, helped me further identify that bow hunting is a hundred percent my passion, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yep. Yeah. Most things are, anything. most things are worth trying at least once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I was the same way. So my old man owns a, a deer shop and we're always busy shotgun weekend, of course. And so all my life growing up, he was never able to go gun hunting with me. So I had to wait till I was old enough to go by myself. And I started going shotgun hunting by myself because that's all you could use at the time in Illinois. And I would hear more shots than I would see deer. I would see more hunters than I would see deer. And I mean, I killed a few with a gun, never any big bucks, but they just, it was kind of like what you're saying. I would bow hunt over that every day of the week, all day long. Unfortunately for us, and I think we were talking about this uh, when we talked on the phone before, but like that gun season falls right smack in the middle of November every year. Oh, man. (laughs) Which is kind of unfortunate, but, you know, I just, I've been a few times and now I'd just rather come up here and and work at the shop and then go pick up the pieces after gun season and see what's still left out there walking on four good legs, hopefully. Yeah, I know. That's the same way I am. Like, you know, it's fun to be in camp and just see, you know, how everyone else does it and how everyone has their own style of hunting, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so it was fun. You know, I, I had a good time. It's just, I would, you know, I'm definitely not going to burn a buck tag on that. I would, you know, right. prefer the late, the late archery split, you know, and, and I think I'm going to be pretty much done hunting with a gun in total. You know, I think, you know, I just enjoy bow hunting so much. Yeah. You know, I think even, you know, late muzzleloader season when you can use a muzzleloader, you know, I think I'm just still going to take, you know, archery tackle to the tree. And I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, everyone likes to hunt the way they like to hunt. And, you know, I just, I'll go sit in a tree when it's negative hundred degrees out, I guess, <laughs> yep. and, you know, test my luck, but that's just what I enjoy for sure. Yeah. There's something about archery hunting, I think gets in your blood. And if you, if you like it, you really like it. And then, you know, I'm the same way. Like it just, there's something about having to get that close, uh, to the deer that you're trying to kill. And then not only get them that close, but then actually get drawn back on a deer and then just the flight of the arrow thing. And like, I don't want to go all mystical Ted Nugent on it, but <laughs> like there's something about it that's just different, you know? Oh, I know. And I like hunting with Jared Mills, you know, he, I always kind of talked to him. We were, you know, turkey hunting off the ground with a recurve, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I was like, you know, how do you like without a blind, I'm like, how do you get drawn, man? And he's like, you know, when they, that's when the game begins or that's when the hunt begins, he said, you know, and that stuck yep. with me. And it's just like, no, it's true. It's true. You know, I mean, there's a whole different aspect of bow hunting that, you know, a lot of people won't understand or can't appreciate or, you know, whatever the term might be, but you know, those who know, you know, it's, it makes it that much more special. Yep. Yep. For sure. So that, that kind of gets us a little bit back on track there. You said you, um, hunting with Jared. So you, you shoot your first deer with a bow and then I guess, uh, when did you shoot your first buck with a bow? So the first year I did shoot with a bow was a, a it was a six point, buck. right? Yeah. Just right, a right, tiny right. buck. And, you know, for the next three years, I think I killed, you know, 130 inch deer, 130 inch deer, 
130 inch deer mm-hmm. and so moving into my freshman year of college COVID hit or you know COVID hit at the end of my senior year of high school okay and so moving into freshman year of college it was like all online classes you had to wear a mask everywhere you went yep. on campus and I was like man you know screw this I'm, I'm out of here and so I just you know moved back home and you know keyed in on some properties and you know where I hunt northeast Iowa and you know found some really good deer and I was able to successfully harvest you know my first you know boone and crockett buck at and he was right at 170 inch net typical 10 wow uh and now i mean that was like the first time i'd ever done any anything by myself you know hang tree stands and you know run cameras and you know really do everything the right you know by myself right right and i wish i could say i did everything the right way but man i messed <laughs> up four times on that deer and i it's a miracle he stuck i mean before i shot him i saw him six times I think I spooked him four times and he wow. winded me once. Wow. You know, so it was a miracle that that deer, you know, I don't know if it was a godsend or what the deal was, but it was a miracle that that deer stuck around that property for that long. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to, you know, shoot him and I made a really good shot and he ran 10 yards and fell over. And, you know, I can still remember the, the feeling of, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. just pure excitement coming up. You know, it was so cool. That was, that was probably my, one of my favorite hunts too feel like i have a lot of favorite hunts but. <laughs> yeah yeah so if nate were here he would say that nets are for fish so what did that what did that deer gross i think he was like i i think like net and gross is really similar no kidding because just big I mean, typical was, frame yeah he had 28 cool. inch main beams and 11 inch tines and you know i think he was 22 inches inside you know he was just like big framey deer huh big framey deer you know i I shot a really nice deer last year. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. That deer fits inside the other deer. No you know, kidding. That, yeah, and so it's just like you know, you look at the two on the wall, and the other deer's got to beat. You know, the deer I killed last year's got to beat by a couple inches, but you know, they're both impressive deer. It's just the frame on the the deer I killed is just unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. The one you shot last year looked like a monster on camera, and obviously, it's one seventy something. It is a monster, but that's crazy <laughs> that it's that other one's just that much bigger framed i guess yeah he looked like a monster coming in too i was yeah scrambling you know oh, yeah. self-filming and, and it just it's you know everything's happening 100 miles an hour it feels like and mm-hmm. you know you watch the footage back and it's not you know it's just <laughs> yeah. your head playing tricks on you but yep you know i was able to, to successfully tag that buck and you know that was a, a good hunt too yeah those those big frame deer like that dude just they look different coming through the woods and we oh man we actually had one come through the shop i think uh, might have been 21 and it was 204 and some change or something like that but like the frame of it had it had a little more mass or some junk i mean it had the frame of a 220 inch deer you know and i just can't i can't imagine seeing something like that walking through the woods at you you know what that 100 miles an hour thing you're talking about for sure oh i mean it's just crazy because you know you just you see him that many times and it's just like you know, I remember feeling, I think the time I killed him, I'm like, there's no way this is going to happen. I've blown this year out a hundred times. <laughs> How am like, I going to screw it up this time? <laughs> yeah, that's literally, that's what I was just, it was a ticking time bomb. And, you know, he was running up a ridge straight above me and like Northeast Iowa was really bluff country. And mm-hmm. he was directly right above me. I was in the bottom and, uh, you know, I hit a doe bleat and I think it caught his attention and he came right down the fence line and I shot him at, you know, 33 yards or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just drilled him. I don't know. It, I think God got God guided my arrow because it's like yeah. man, I don't even remember aiming. I was just <laughs> drew back and you know waiting for him to you know run off and I missed him or whatever. But you know something happened to where you know I made a perfect shot and you know I I don't know it was just it worked out perfect. I think sometimes he gets tired of seeing us screw it up. And he's just like here let let me let me <laughs> let me do it for you this time. That's right. I mean it was a gift more than anything. And, <laughs> You know, I remember, you know, walking up to him for the first time with my dad and like we both looked at each other and I'm just like, man, that deer just gets bigger. You know, it feels mm-hmm. like he gets bigger every time, you know, I see him on the ground yep. and then, you know, you finally, you know, pick him up and it's like, wow, he's, you know, he's just so impressive. Yeah. So, so that was in 2020, I guess the fall of 2020. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Yep. Okay. So COVID happens and all that. Uh, you said you were hunting with Jared Mills. You did an internship with Midwest Whitetail. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that was so after I said, you know, the the college deal, I was like, you know, I'm tired of wearing a mask and whatever else not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved home and I guess it all started in high school when 
I decided to take a bunch of credits in college ahead of time because I knew I wanted to do this. Right. You know, I'm, I would send Bill messages when I was probably like 16 years old. I remember I was in study hall and I was like, Hey, can I, you know, be an intern? He's like, ah, we want our guys to at least be out of high school first, you know? <laughs> right. And, uh, so yeah, I had really planned for the internship for a long time. And, you know, finally one of my friends sent it to me that I guess it was 2021 mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, whatever, I just got to try it. Yeah. And so I, you know, I did. And remember, still remember getting, you know, messaged by Josh Sparks is like, you know, felt like the biggest super, you know, role model or whatever in, <laughs> in the industry he was messaging me on or Gmailing me. And, uh, you know, I was super pumped. I was working in the Cabela's warehouse and I remember, you know, going to the, you know, to the bathroom and like calling him back. Cause I didn't want to get fired. <laughs> yeah. You know? yep. And I'm like, but it was cool. And then, you know, we went through that whole interview process and, you know, jumping on a call with Jared and Josh and Drake and, you know, all those guys, it was, you know, a super surreal moment for me, mm-hmm. you know? And then finally, you know, they called me back and, you know, Josh, he's always, me and him are really good friends now. And he's always got to play some sort of trick on me. And, you know, he, so he just, Hey, you gotta man. appreciate that. Yeah. He calls me. He's like, yeah, I just want to let you know, man, you know, you didn't get the internship. And I'm like devastated, man. Like my dreams just, you know, yep. went up from under me right now. And then he just starts smiling. He's laughing. He's like, I'm just kidding, dude. He's like, we got to offer you. And, you know, I just still remember uh, that. And I was like, dude, you suck. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to do it, you know, so. That's and awesome. Then, yeah. So I went on a couple turkey hunting trips with him um, that spring. And, you know, so then I really started preparing for fall. Yeah. So what what's that look like as an intern with Midwest Whitetail? Like what, what else does that entail um, being on that team in that role? Yeah, my internship, I tell everyone, it was the best six months of my life. I mean, that was just the most enjoyable, fun time I've ever, you know, and I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. But so what we did was we were in charge of producing the daily blogs and and filming hunts and stuff like that. So I moved in in uh, late July, I believe, and moved to Des Moines, lived with Josh and Carson, who now works for Jury Outdoors, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of just, you know, you just wing it for the summer. You know, we kind of, we went out and filmed velvet bucks and filmed hanging cameras and just try to get a little bit better every day, you know, whether that's editing or videos or, you know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, as the season rolls around, I was filming with Jared pretty much all fall. I would say me and Gavin Coturbo were, you know, switching on and off with Jared. Mm-hmm. And so basically you'd hunt all day and edit all night and do that for like, you know, a month straight and, I don't know. You just you had to live in, and it was so fun. Yeah, I would I would say following Jared Mills around is a pretty good apprenticeship too when it comes to hunting big Iowa whitetails. Oh, and I mean, Jared's definitely one of my biggest role models too. So it's just you know, it's more than just the whitetail. It's the you know the friendship and you know mm-hmm. being a role model and advice and being a better man. You know, all those guys are just super great guys. So there's so much stuff I picked up on, and you know. Hunting big deer is just, you know, a cherry on the top. Kind of because, a bonus, right? Yeah. As everyone knows, Jared kills some giants. So, oh, for sure. Yep. And Yeah. It was so fun to roll around with him for the fall. Yeah, it's cool to see him doing his own thing now, too. Um, obviously, like with Bill, you guys doing the bow hunting whitetails thing is, I guess it's kind of similar that uh, come from Midwest whitetail and then now kind of branching out. Uh, well, branching out for him, maybe, but uh, doing their own thing. And his channel, I think it's already extremely popular because everybody likes watching Jared kill big bucks, but it's pretty cool to see that too. Yeah. Jared's, you know, he's going to be successful in whatever, you know, he decides to do and, you know, Mm -hmm. same thing goes for Bill or whoever, you know? And so it's cool to see those guys go out and succeed and, you know, continue to kill big deer. And, you know, I'm always rooting for those guys. Yeah. So you said, uh, you were talking about Josh, you got a pretty good friendship with him. Now is he... Is he with Drury now, or is he back with Midwest Whitetail? He is back with Midwest Whitetail. He's kind of running the the day to day operations and editing, and you know he's kind of the manager over there now. And you know, okay. he's, he's killing it. He's doing a doing an awesome job. And you know I talk with him, you know, weekly pretty much. And mm-hmm. you know it's cool to see what they got coming and the big deer that they're hunting. And yeah, so he he's been kind of taking over there. And um, a couple of the other interns that were in my class, Rye Ludwig, who's filming Mike Reed all the time. And then uh, Gavin Coturbo, who's now producing Chase in November. So okay. it was it was a fun fall, and they got a lot of exciting stuff coming at Midwest Whitetail. Yeah. Now, he was with Drury last year, right? That's correct. Josh yeah, was? He actually, 
Yeah, he left um, to go to juries during my internship. Um, so you ran and, him off is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He, he's tired <laughs> of living with me, I guess. Yeah. Kicked me out. Um, no, he, you know, that was a good opportunity for him. And, you know, he went ahead and did that. And Carson um, was an intern as well and went to juries. And he did that for a year. And, you know, his passion always was Midwest Whitetail. And so I'm glad, you know, he found his way back. Yeah, for sure. So by the time you got there, Bill had already kind of parted ways, right? That's correct. Bill, I think, left in 2020 was his very last year. So I never met Bill at all during my Midwest Whitetail internship. You know, I'm <laughs> sure he, you know, knew of me or maybe not. But, you know, I, right. it's just crazy to think, you know, I would always remember, you know, telling everyone, man, I just wish I could film Bill for, you know, a couple hunts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just crazy, you know, speak it out loud and then, it, you know, it comes true. But, right. um, so yeah, I never, you know, never met Bill throughout that deal, but it was still a good experience. Yeah. So kind of the reason I asked that is obviously now you're working on Mohunting Whitetails with Bill for uh, his channel. So where did, where did that kind of lead from Midwest Whitetail to then going and working with him? Was that straight out of your internship? Like, what did that look like? No, so straight out of my internship, I had a couple different opportunities. Um, I decided to do a lot of marketing and, and uh, stuff for a land company that's local to Northeast Iowa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill and I, where Bill grew up and where I grew up are 15 miles apart. You know, so just through mutual connections, I've, you know, reached out to him and mm-hmm. met up with him a couple of times. And at that point, he wasn't producing any content, you know. Right. And I'm just like, hey, you know, I don't know what, what your future, you know, in the industry looks like, but, you know, I'd really love to film you, you know. <laughs> like, You're right. I just reached out and, you know, talked to him in person and, you know, I was adamant about it. I'm, you know, I'm going to make him come back. You know, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's man, I don't know. You know, he's like, ah, I don't know. You know, he just was a little hesitant to come back into it, you know, because he just did it for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, he always tell me, you know, I wish I had a cameraman. I could just fit my backpack, you know? And (laughs) and I'm like, I'm not a very big dude at all. So I was like, this is perfect. This is my leverage, man. You know? So I was able, you know, we were able to, when he decided to come back and, um, start producing content, he, he reached out to me and, you know, I couldn't be, couldn't be happier to say yes. And, you know, be able to roll with him and you know it's just been an absolute dream come true to you know be able to hunt with him yeah that's that's pretty funny the backpack comment because i i noticed watching the videos that bill's quite a bit taller than you but he's a pretty big guy right yeah so most people don't know but bill is six foot five that's what i thought he was like six four six five yeah he's a tall dude and you know i'm only like five eight you know so (laughs) it makes it look even (laughs) worse on camera (laughs) Yeah, I know, and I, I just laugh, you know. So Jordan's got to be pretty tall too, then. Uh, for a girl, a little bit, she's a little bit shorter than me, probably okay. five. I don't know. I mean, I'm probably five six, five oh, okay. five. I don't know. So average, but yeah, I would say so. But definitely, Bill is Bill's tall, you know, and so it's just he, like he always said. I wish I had a camera guy to fit my <laughs> yeah, backpack. You probably like, could. I am your you guy. A, <laughs> yeah. If you had just a little bit bigger pack, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd heard him talk about before, I think, something with his draw length, and I thought, man, like 32 inches or something like that, That's he must be a pretty tall guy. And then I forget where I'd heard that, but, yeah, you definitely notice on camera that uh, there's a little bit of difference there. But Yeah, I mean, he, he just makes everyone look short. You oh, know, yeah. The interns, yeah. you know, are normal-sized guys, you know, six-foot or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just still makes them look short, but. Yeah. You know, I apparently I wasn't lucky enough to you know be six five and five eight I guess, but it's still fun. That's all right. You can still get enough kinetic energy to kill deer. I've seen you do it. That's right. You know he and that's the thing. He you know if I put on Bill's arrow on my bow, it would look like I don't even know what it would look like. He's shooting like <laughs> a zip line or something. You know, right? <laughs> like shooting a long. Yeah, twenty inches of overhang over my rest. <laughs> so you know, it's just funny. You know. Oh but, yeah. But like you said, you know everyone everyone's a little different we can all still kill deer and mm-hmm. <laughs> just have fun doing it so yeah that's and not to get too far back to that too but like i've had a few different people on we've talked to and it's funny how everybody has their opinions on like like what everybody else should be shooting as far as arrows and broadheads and bows and all that and like i got my own opinions about what i want to shoot and you know especially on the broadhead thing that's always a hot topic but like if if you want to shoot a two-blade rage, go for it. If you want to shoot a muzzy three-blade, go for it. Like, I've killed deer with about any broadhead that you can think of, at least any broadhead style, and I've lost deer with about any broadhead style you can think of. 
I just, it, it shocks me. I'm always amazed at how much people care about what other people uh, are trying to kill deer with. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it all comes down to shot placement at the end of the day. Like yeah. we can, you know, beat around the bush as much as we want, but you know, if you shoot a deer in the heart with, you could shoot him with a rock, you know, he's still going <laughs> to probably mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and obviously, you know, having a bigger broadhead helps on marginal hits, you know, um, but you know, it lacks some penetration too. You right. know, I ran into that this year, you know, I shot that deer, you know, further back than what I wanted to, you know, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting a, a two blade tripan, you know, just a big expandable head. And right. you know, I just squared up that rib and you know, I still got, you know, nine, 10 inches of penetration. It was sticking through the other side. It's just, you know, anytime you can get a pass through, it seems to, to help to get them to leak on both sides. Oh, for sure. Yep, for sure. But I just that that kind of dichotomy between you and Bill, like even just the size and the the draw length in the arrows you're shooting, obviously from one end of the spectrum to the other, there's plenty of ways even in between that you can kill deer. And sometimes it seems like maybe we should uh, just worry about what we're doing. <laughs> sometimes it's better to keep opinions to yourself, I guess. I don't know. But it, it's it's a hot topic and it gets clicks, I think. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, Bill draws 32 inches, and he's shooting 80-pound limbs, and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, I don't know if anyone's getting as much, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. energy out of their bow that, you know, I think I'm going to switch to 80-pound limbs next year, you know, as long as, you know, it's comfortable for me. And, right. And I, I can shoot, I think I shoot like 73 right now, mm-hmm. really easy. So as long as it's comfortable and I can get it back on a cold day, you know, I don't think there's any, you know, downside to it. Um, yeah, I'm the same way. I would... I've been kind of kicking around the idea. If I get a new bow, uh, getting one with 80-pound limbs on it, just to try it. You know, obviously I want to shoot it first and make sure. I think if you could find one that the draw cycle wasn't too rough on, it would not mm-hmm. be not be bad at all. Especially, like, I'm about where you're at, 71, 72 pounds, somewhere in there now. And it's it's comfortable and it's easy enough that I think I could move up to 80. And I, I don't see a lot of downside to it, like you're saying. Yeah, my dad always says shoot fast, miss fast, you know, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like you said, it's everyone's got their own, you know, little knacks or whatever. And I think, you know, the most energy I can get, you know, I feel like I owe it to the deer that I'm hunting, you know, to get, you know, the quickest, cleanest, most ethical kill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe that'll help me. And, you know, if it will, I'll, you know, I'll definitely switch to it as long as it's comfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to be <laughs> fighting a bowstring when it's 10 degrees and I'm, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm a, a yep. booner standing yep. under me, you know, I, I would not appreciate that. So, no, you know, but I'll, I'll probably do that here next year and then shoot all summer. So I'm definitely hundred percent confident in it. Uh, so that actually reminded me, I think it was a Midwest whitetail hunt, um, a few years ago and maybe you remember it. Uh, they were hunting with the Drury's a couple of years ago. I cannot remember their names for the life of me. There was a couple that was hunting Byers. there. Yes. And yep. the girl, is it Taylor? Yep, Taylor is that Byers, right? Yeah. She was not able to draw back on this deer because, for whatever reason, like maybe because of the cold and she was sitting there, or the nerves and a combination of everything. So that's a real situation that could happen. I think that maybe he ended up killing that deer, but that that's definitely something that could happen. So <laughs> I I always caution people who who think they want to shoot heavier, like try it first, make sure it like it's easy on an average day because when it does get cold and you've been sitting there for a while, that it's going to get harder. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, you know, just trying to grow up too fast. I'm like, man, I'm going to pull back 50 pounds this year, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just fighting it in the backyard, just, you know, fighting <laughs> your ego more than anything. You're yep. like, man, I'm going to get this thing back. And, you know, but, you know, whatever works for people. You know, I know a lot of, you know, girls that are shooting them at, you know, 40 pounds. And, yeah. You know, and it's like they're still killing deer. So, you know, yep. more power to them. And it's just, it's just awesome that, you know, nowadays everyone can hunt, you know, whether it's oh yeah girls kids you know you know elderly whoever you know they can all go out and enjoy the outdoors and, mm-hmm. you know hopefully get a deer down too i think we've seen that in illinois uh with the crossbow hunting as a kind of a net benefit because of that like it's it's made it so much hunting bow hunting so much more accessible to like everybody across the board even guys uh, like jeff who's on the podcast with us sometimes who like back in the day where he's at, he might not have been able to get a medical release to use a crossbow, but his shoulders to the point where he's not comfortable drawing a bow with the poundage that would be required to kill a deer. So even guys like him, it's allowing them to hunt longer than maybe they could have before. I think that's a, a big part of that. And I don't know where I was at on that, uh, the crossbow thing, but like Illinois now, you can use a crossbow all through archery season. 
I think, I mean, I shouldn't even say this because I don't know. I think they're trying to, you know, do some legislation right now on crossbow hunting in Iowa mm-hmm. um, during the archery season. I know for a fact that you can do it uh, like the late muzzleloader season. You can hunt with a crossbow. Right. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of kids that are, you know, aren't ready to shoot a rifle or, I mean, a, a muzzleloader, I guess, straight wall, you know, mm-hmm. cartridge or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Um, you know, so they're, you know, they're often to shoot a crossbow and, you know, I guess whatever. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily know if it should be illegal during archery season but you know i'm also not the one making decisions so <laughs> right you know, i'm just i'm just rolling with the punches and just hunting how i like to hunt for sure for sure i think even him just being with us like we got four guys that do the podcast on help out with it and all that and we got anybody from i'm probably a, as much all over the board as anybody with the broadheads i shoot and the, the arrow setups and all that just trying different things and then like nate's kind of the traditional 100 grain expandable broadhead dad shoots the Muzzy 125s, he still shoots aluminum arrows out of his 2003 Patriot, Botech Patriot bow, and then Jeff's got the crossbow, so we're, we kind of have all bases covered when it comes to, like what you're saying, just doing whatever works for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I th- this year we partnered with B3 um, Archery, and so I'm excited to shoot their stuff too, they got an inch and a half um, three blade expandable that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to shoot. You know, it's like I said, it's significantly smaller than the broadhead I was shooting last year. So I'm expecting, you know, a lot better penetration and right. you know, hopefully I make a lot better shot too. You know, that was part of it. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, that always helps. Eagle, yeah. I swallowed the pride a little bit there and, you know, it was, you know, there ain't no, it's no, no one's fault but my own. I should have made a better shot. And, you know, thankfully I was able to, you know, harvest that deer, but, you know, lesson learned and, you know, I'm going to roll with it moving forward. Yeah. And that's I mean, as big as anything, it's having confidence in what you're shooting, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the more confident you are, the better shot you're probably going to make. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think this year is probably my most confident I've ever been in my setup. Um, you know, I just, I really feel like, you know, I've been shooting really well and shooting a lot more than I, you know, I ever have. So mm-hmm. I'm excited, you know, for the season. I know it opens on Sunday, so yeah. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm pumped. I don't know. You know, I, I think the plan for, for this weekend is just go after some does and, you know, wait till some bucks start to show up in late October. But, yep. you know, either way, I'm still excited to go out. Yeah, no doubt. That's kind of where we're at. I think we're going to do some, some doe killing early on and then till the bucks start to get a little more daylight active. But let's get back to, um, like you're now, obviously you're working with Bill. What are some of the things like that you've even learned over the past, I guess it's been a year or a little over a year. Maybe you've been working with Bill. What are some some big lessons that you've learned from him or is it just kind of maybe a, uh, something more general? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Bill is one of my biggest role models, you know, just the way he, you know, just is in general, he's, you know, someone I admire to be, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's like probably the most patient person I've ever met. <laughs> like whether it's with me or, you know, his daughter, or, you know, just the show or in general, mm-hmm. you know, he's just extremely patient. That's something I need to, adopt because i you know i <laughs> tend to be impatient you know like yep. everyone i know can attest to that yep. um but you know just patience and you know he one of the things i picked up from bill is you know just hunting for your own reasons like you know like we've talked about everyone's got their own reasons to hunt but mm-hmm. you know and we we kind of you know enjoy the same things you know going out on the ridge and just you know seeing the sun come up and it's super pretty and you know, the leaves crunching a big buck coming in and, you know, just joying being out there mm-hmm. and having fun, you know, he's making everything so enjoyable, you know, to, to where it's just, I've just been extremely blessed to, you know, have him be a part of, you know, my young career in life. And, you know, he's definitely, you know, a big role model of mine. For sure. So what's, what's bow hunting whitetail is going to look like this year? Are you going to be in front of the camera a little more now that you have the interns? Are they going to be in front of the camera? Some, uh, obviously, uh, Jordan's still a big part of it too. What's, what's going to look like for this fall? Yeah, I think Jordan's going to kill a bigger deer than everyone, you know, <laughs> um, probably the answer is yes to everything. It seems like, you know, the interns are, have got some, you know, really good spots on public and some private as well. You know, they're got some good deer to hunt. They're going to be on the show. You know, I'll probably roll with Bill quite a bit still. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're, I'm sure we'll be sleeping out on the ridges some nights, yep. and, you know, just, and rolling with him, I, I would enjoy doing that, and you know, getting some time to hunt myself on some cold fronts. So, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, I can help provide some value to these interns and, you know, teach them some of the things I've been taught along the way and when they're filming with me and, you know, still be able to roll with Bill. I know, like I said, Jordan's on probably the biggest deer on the show right now. So, and he's, you know, he's been daylight, um, you know, last few days. So that's cool. Maybe 
yeah, so I'm excited, you know, for her. Hopefully, well, you know, mid early mid October, she can, you know, have a buck down, and that'd be that'd be great for everyone. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, whose idea was it to bring on the interns? Was that a Bill thing, or did you talk him into that too? No, I wouldn't say we talked him in. I, you know, we kind of brought it up together, and uh, you know, it was kind of, hey, do we want interns? And he's just like, you know, if you know, and I we were kind of like beating around the bush a little bit, and I was like you know, let's just try it. I'll, you know, I'll manage it, you know, kind of, you know, teach them everything I know, do a lot of the day-to-day stuff with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's been awesome so far. Alex and Carson are, are doing great. They're, they're really stand up guys and, you know, they've been really fun to work with. So they don't make our jobs uh, too hard. They, yeah. they've been really laid back and, you know, they, they're just like us. They love to hunt and, you know, they have a burning desire to, you know, do this as a career. So they've, uh, they've done really well so far. Yeah, that's good. That makes it, makes it a lot easier when they're when you can work with them and they're you know cool laid-back guys that will just do what you ask of them you know absolutely you know and they're both you know just wired you know just driven to go out and go hunting and you know go hang stands you know anytime you ask them to do something they're just you know right at the you know tip of your finger so it's it's really cool you know to to find someone with the same passion that you have you know that's that maybe you can you know provide some value to and you know help them establish in their career yeah and it'll be cool and a cool addition to the show, I think, too, to have like that public land aspect that you're talking about, because obviously that's been so popular over the last few years, obviously with the hunting public guys and uh, several others. It seems like there's a, a big push towards a lot of public land stuff out there, too. So that'll be, I think, a cool addition to the, the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those guys have been working hard and scouting. And so I hope it comes together for them this fall. You know, Alex is going to hunt Minnesota. He's actually from Michigan. So, okay. He couldn't get his Iowa residency because he has some scholarships and stuff in Michigan. Um, so he has to go back to school, but he was able to get a Minnesota tag. And then Carson actually changed his residency to Iowa. And so he's, he's excited to start hunting Iowa for the first time. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be a cool experience for somebody that's, that's into whitetail hunting. Especially from a guy coming, you know, from Wisconsin, he's, yeah. he's excited and you know, he was you know, he got his tag the other day and he sent me a picture and, you know, he's just pumped up. So I'm happy for those guys. They're, they've been doing a really good job. And, you know, like I said, they do anything you ask and, you know, do it to the best of their abilities. And that, you know, that's all you can ask from those guys. Yeah. So while we're on other States, uh, you just got back recently from a trip out West and I saw a little bit of it on one of the episodes, but how was that? Like, uh, was, was there more than one trip out there? Um, what, what's kind of been going on with that? for you yeah i've had a busy september um i started the the first of september we went out to south dakota me and one of my really good friends and uh, he was able to tag a you know a giant velvet buck Sweet. um on the first day of the season and i unfortunately just couldn't get it done and um but that was still a fun hunt you know it's, mm-hmm. it's cool to just hunt a new state for the first time and mm-hmm. you know it was just a weekend trip and so we came back to to iowa and then you know a few weeks later i went out to to Montana to film with, um, the crush with Lee and Tiffany, okay. um, in Montana on an elk hunt. And, you know, I got back from that mid September and, you know, I've been in Iowa doing deer stuff ever since. Okay. So I guess Bill loaned you out to do some camera work then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. We, Lee said you know, he needed talked. someone that could fit in a backpack and Bill said, I yeah, got sure. just the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm like the little, like the angel and the devil on their shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Come on, shoot him. No, don't shoot him. No. But, yeah, so actually, you know, the Crush's producer is a, a Midwest Whitetail gra- guy as well. Okay. Um, Justin Fabian, and just, you know, from being a part of the, I don't know if brotherhood's the right word, of the Midwest well, Whitetail. But, right. You know, we just, you know, have connected, and, you know, he's he's an awesome guy, and, you know, he hooked me up with that opportunity. So I was, you know, really appreciative of that, and, you know, just going out there and meeting those, Lee and Tiffany and the rest of the crew, they were just the nicest people in the world. So mm-hmm. it was definitely fun to go out and film them. Yeah, that's cool. And you, that, it's I like that you mentioned that too about him coming from Midwest Whitetail because it seems like there's such a big family tree from like if you look at the people who came from like the Drury Outdoors group or Midwest Whitetail, like there are so many people that are big in the industry today that either came directly from that maybe or have some kind of tie to one of those two one of those two groups. Absolutely. You know, it's it's done, you know, more for a lot of people than anyone could imagine. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, Bill started that internship with, you know, the intention of just helping young people. I think he enjoys helping young people, you know, develop their careers their you know, find their passions in life, you know, at an early age. 
and I think he's the same way, you know, he coached football, you know, when his, you know, when his son was in football and then mm-hmm. he also coaches track currently. Mm-hmm. So I think he just enjoys helping young people. And that's kind of where the, you know, the idea of the internship started. And, you know, it's like you said, it's taken off and wow. I mean, it's put more people in the industry oh, than yeah. just about anything else. Yep. And that's, you know, I always, I've probably said this before on the podcast, but like if, if we've been talking about internet shows and stuff, it's, it amazes me how far ahead of the curve he was on on building Midwest Whitetail on the internet. And I'm sure he's probably said somewhere why that was or what why he made that decision, but like to go to a web-based show before like everything's has some sort of web-based aspect to it now, like to be that far ahead of the curve. I don't know if he saw that going that direction or if that's just what happened at the time, but it's amazing to me, you know, how how soon he started doing that before everybody else. Yeah, I think he started Midwest Whitetail in 2008, you know, and yeah. like most people started doing semi-live stuff, uh, just call it 2022, yep, you know, so he's much. 14 years ahead of the game, you yep. know, and everyone did the, you know, the TV and mm-hmm. um, he pretty much just stick to digital and, you know, he found his niche and found what worked for him and, you know, stuck to it, stuck to his guns. And, and now everyone's kind of seeming to transition to the digital side of things now. Yeah, that's, that's the way everything's moving, I think, but to be to be that far ahead of it, like YouTube was only a few years old at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, like the popular shows that like Heartland Bowhunter, for example, like they were not even, even thought of at that time when he was starting that. Now, of course they're one of the biggest digital shows uh, out there. I think they're probably on outdoor channel now too, but like to, well, as they got their start yeah. there. Heartland Bowhunter, one of their main editors and producers was like one of the first interns at Midwest White. <laughs> See, it always, it all comes back. <laughs> yeah jerry yarkowski yeah he he's you know now he's a phenomenal phenomenal editor um but he you know he started it at midwest whitetail and i believe he was in an internship class with jared mills um so those guys are still really good friends you know to this day but you know it's just cool like we've talked about to see it's all the people that have come through midwest whitetail and you know where they're all at now mm-hmm. yeah for sure and that that all comes back to i guess like you said bill just having a passion for for helping younger people out and, and grow their careers. That's cool. So like, obviously you're one of those younger people now uh, that's working with him and you got this season coming up. We've talked about it a little bit, but are you on some good deer right now? You think you got some um, potentially targeted for this year? I think so. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm out of the game right now. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for, well, that's what happens when you take two trips out West in September. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I've been running cameras all summer and I'm just, was just been waiting, waiting, waiting for you know a really good buck to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I knew last time, last year at this time, that buck that I killed hadn't even shown up yet. Right. Um, but so what I'm kind of waiting on is just you know bucks to start to filter back into their fall range. You know, wait for some of these crops to get out mm-hmm. and really you know push these deer into the timber. And um, that way, I'm lucky enough to have a farm. There's a lot of acorns and white oaks. You know, so yeah. these bucks are gonna move in there. There's a lot of cover. So I'm still holding out. I got a, a, a good flyer 10 is what we call him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good deer. You know, I don't know how old he is. I don't, you know, if he's four and a half, I'll probably give him the pass. He's just a, you know, 10 pointer with a nice, like a six or seven inch flyer okay. off of one of two. So he's, a, he's a stud, you know, he'd be hard to pass if he's four right. and a half. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to age him. It's the first year I've, I've seen him. I think I had pictures of him last year without a flyer. Mm-hmm. you know and it looks four you know so he might be five but you know i, I it's so hard to tell it is it's, it's really tough there from that like four and a half five and a half even six and a half on some deer like if you don't have history with them you know some of them start to get the different shaped head and the sway in the back and the bigger belly but like some of them stay pretty tight and lean you know through five and a half six and a half years old it, it's just really hard if you don't have that history with them yeah and, and this deer is not very like you know a lot of deer are this year's really short. Like he's not very tall and he's just muscular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had my cameras on video much like mode. yourself, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, you know, he just kind of like slowly moves his head and, you know, he just walks like an old man. Right. You know, you know, so it's like, I don't know. He, obviously he's just, you know, being wary and cognizant of his, you know, his surroundings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the first time I got him on picture on camera was September 17th at 10, 17 and, you know, AM. So he was just like in the middle of the day, yeah. he's just like, you know, creeping his way through the woods, you know, moving slowly and, you know, hmm. look, take a step, look, take a step. And, you know, if, if I've learned anything, you know, those mature bucks do that. Oh, yeah. And so, 
you know, his manner, mannerisms alone make me think he's old, but, you know, I'll have to study him a little more, get some more pictures of him. And, uh, you know, before I really make a decision on him. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like if there's a deer, I don't know what the pressure is in that area, but if they've grown up with quite a bit of hunting pressure around, like, I think they probably develop that sooner than bucks that might not like that real cautious nature to them. If they've had a lot of pressure for the first three years, they could, they could be that way at four and a half. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think his body looks like a four and a half year old, honestly, you know, his neck is, you know, I have some pictures of three year olds and two year olds and, you know, his neck is significantly bigger and swollen up and his brisket is, you know, hangs a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, going back to your question, I'm, I'm really waiting on a, you know, just a big typical 10 to show up. Right. Um, I don't, you know, last year he was big, you know, so unless he got, you know, shot or something, I just didn't hear about it. Right. He should be showing up, but you know how it is. It's just not holding us and, you know, just roll with the punches either way. I, I've got a 10 acre piece that I've had at least opportunities at 140 plus inch deer, like every year for the last, I don't know, close to 10 years, probably with the exception of maybe one or two. It's just a crazy good location where this property's at. And I had multiple daylight pictures of this deer last year. He's just a really nice 10. Uh, I actually got his shed, his right side with, he's got a great big, like extra point inside his main beam. It's probably 10 inches long. Um, I picked up a shed on that 10 acres had multiple daylight pictures of him last year, but it's like I'm the same place you're at. I'm hope I know he made it through the winter or long enough to shed. I know he made it through the season, obviously, but now I'm real anxious about it. But he didn't show up <laughs> last year on camera till the end of October, so like I still have a whole nother month before I before I feel like I'm completely out of the game on him unless someone kills him in, in early October. But that's kind of how. And I was going to ask you this too, like a lot of the farms that I hunt, I don't even set cameras till last two weeks of September because most of the bucks that I'm hunting aren't showing up until really first week of October. Anyway, their summer and fall patterns are just different at the locations I'm hunting. And that varies from place to place. But I was curious if that's kind of the, sounds like maybe that's kind of what you've got going on too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not able to, you know, set up a lot of the farms I have for hunting. You know, I don't do any TSI, you know, Mm -hmm. at this point, you know, I, I hopefully will someday, someday soon. Um, but I'm not doing any TSI work or anything like that. So and I don't have any food, you know, so there's no really no reason for these deer to stay on my properties all summer long. Right. You know, but as they get into, you know, mid October, late October, you know, there's a lot of cover on those, on those farms that I hunt. So mm-hmm. those bucks are starting to roll through those canyons and, you know, start to send, scent check just about everything they can to, you know, find that first available doe. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of the bucks really start to settle in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I've seen too. And then you mentioned earlier, like the, the crops being harvested that plays a big role into it too especially if you have the cover uh if you take out a 400 200 acre cornfield that's a lot of you know basic cover for deer that's just gone overnight and they got to find somewhere to go absolutely like you you know there's food there's you know in the summertime there's food there's you know water from the corn stalks and Mm -hmm. you know i mean there's a lot of you know what they need in the cornfields and you know if you could find a waterway you know to set a camera up it's like you know, if you put a bag of corn in a waterway in the middle of a cornfield, it'll, it's crazy what shows up. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's going to be an early harvest this year. So that'll be a, you know, kind of a, a mm-hmm. challenge for, you know, both season. Yep. I would say, you know, most all the crops should be out in the next 10 days and, you know, usually they're just getting started. Right. So, um, they'll be out a little bit earlier. So there will be less food laying around. So they might, you know, really key in on acorns for the first time, you know, if, I guess not for the first time, but yeah, more than any, right. you, you know what I'm saying. So yep, yep. it'll be interesting. Every season has its challenges and, you know, hopefully this one is a benefit to me somehow. I guess, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, no doubt. And fortunately for you, like we, I, I assume you guys have had the same, we have a really good acorn crop this year, which is something you, you can't always bank on where like on a year like this year when they're getting the crops out early and it's been so dry, if you've got good food, like food plots, you're probably going to be in good shape, but like you said, maybe with that acorn crop, is if your guys's has been as good as ours, you'll be in a good spot because they, you know, they hammer those in early season. Yeah, especially white oaks. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like that's one of the most effective ways. If you're going to go out and sit in the timber right now, you know, I'd go find a white oak tree, you know, to where you can shoot far enough and yep. you know, just wait and hopefully a buck makes a you know a fatal mistake and starts mm-hmm. daylight walking. You know, that could be a really effective way. Yeah, but you know, go, I just this time of year, I, I really would like to save my buck tag for, you know, I love to hunt the rut. So it's yep. like, you know, it's almost not even worth it when you have one tag. 
Yeah, well, and then two hundred <laughs> something. Yeah, and then you, like I said, you go shoot one this time of year, and you got to get it out so quick, and you're just sweating your butt off and fighting bugs and everything <laughs> like that. It's when it's eighty degrees, it's just it's fun, but it's not nearly as much fun as when it's thirty five degrees outside. You know. Yeah, let them hang, and yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Well, hey, man, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, is there anything else you want to you want to cover or say before before I let you go? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, I think we've pretty much covered it all. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to, go ahead and just let everybody know. And I'll link it all in the description, too, of the episode. But let everybody know where they can find, like, um, you on socials or whatever, and then anything on uh, bow hunting whitetails or anything like that you want to share. Just go ahead and plug it. Yeah, so uh, my Instagram is Ethan.Stubbs underscore, and then, you know, my Facebook is just Ethan Stubbs. So those two accounts are linked up. And then otherwise, you know, you can find all of, all this stuff on Boat Hunting Whitetails. So we have a you know exciting year coming up, so we can't wait to bring it to you guys. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, thanks again for taking the time out and coming on. I know uh, I was glad we were able to get it scheduled. Finally, we had some a few conflicts there, but I appreciate you working <laughs> yeah. with me and uh, and coming on and talking for a while. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and you know, good luck this year. Hey, you too. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm.